Black Daddy Podcast, episode number 28. The five reasons why you should be a foster parent. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. One, two, three. Daddy! You're listening to the Black Daddy Podcast. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Go, go, go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, baby girl, what's going on? Hey. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Phenomenal. Always How good are to hear. You? I'm doing really good. Really, really good. Listen, we're going to get it's it really cracking. Well. We're going to hop right into it. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the five reasons that we were going to give as to why folks should and can do foster care. So five reasons mm-hmm. why you should and can do foster care. Okay, so you can do it. One, one is the fact and the matter of you are needed. I know it sounds really simple. I know it's like, well, duh, brr, duh, brr, but duh. you are needed. I think, baby girl, many people feel like someone else will do it. I think we have a culture where we, we tend mm-hmm. to pass the buck. We tend to have this thing where we say ah, somebody else will do it. But the fact is that you, ma'am, you, sir, you couple, you are needed. So needed. So needed. So in your state, in your city, the county you live in, your area. There are countless numbers of kids who are in foster care, ranging from birth all the way to legal age, 18. Okay, so you're needed. It's not a fact a matter of uh, are there enough? You need it. Point blank. Babe, we get something that people say to us all the time. And what's what's probably what they say. the biggest thing that we say, I'm sorry, the biggest thing that people say to us all the time as to why they can't be foster parents. They say... Wow, I could never do that. I would get too attached. What the, what the devil? What you mean you can get too attached? Go ahead. Like, but what did they? What did they? What did they? They normally mean by that? They? What do they mean? I should ask somebody that the next time. What do you mean okay, by that? Here's what. Here's Is what that, I think they mean. Okay. I think they're saying that the pain of the child leaving will be too much to bear, so that they feel. Why even bother? Because if I get this child or children and I become so attached to the point to where I want to keep them, mm-hmm. the pain of them leaving is worse. It's too great it, to yeah, bear. It's too, it's your too whole, big to bear. Your life will be over. Yeah, over. It, it's too devastating a loss to, to feel. So you'd rather just not feel it. Whoa. What is life, though? Yeah. That's not living. Yeah. That's not living. You feel me? Right. You got people going overseas fighting for our country like the military you have law enforcement people putting their lives at risk every day now that's something i couldn't right. do yeah. this is not dying right greater it's what did, what did shakespeare say i think it was shakespeare it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all say that one more time it is better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all huge you don't know huge huge <laughs> God is the author of our stories. Yeah. God is the author of a life. Yeah. And to to not allow yourself to to um to deprive these children of the opportunity of you, yeah. what you can give, what you what your family can give, your household is just really selfish. Mm. That's the bottom line. Mm. You're selfish. And I think that's directly tied to number fair. two. Number two, the reason why you can become a foster parent is because, and you should become a foster parent, because many of these children don't have bare necessities. I think you know, living in America, basics, the basics, basics. yeah, like living in America, a place of Toothbrush. abundance, 
and we all struggle with it. You know what I'm saying? We we all struggle Clean with running it. water, soap. For sure. Hair moisturizer. Yes. Just toiletries. Toiletries. Like we we literally, I think, baby girl, a that, hug. That we lose sight a of smile. the small things. The small things. Bare necessities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of one of our, our placements, little boy came in and he was criminal from wrong. How old was he again? Baby boy. Two month old. Two month old baby boy. One even walking. One even walking. Dirty yet. feet. Dirty feet. Bottom bottom of his feet, black dirty. No, like black, like dirty. dirty. And d- he was dirty, a Caucasian boy. Yes. So I mean that Imagine shows how you dirty that how is. much dirty, how dirty yeah. it was. Yeah. It's just like wow, you know, like you're not even walking. You're two months old, so right. you're not walking anywhere. Right. Like how are your feet so dirty? Yes. And even even to that point, thinking about, you know, little baby boy, um, and the bare necessity of him having you know, someone to take care of the dirt on the bottom of his feet. I think of um, the girls that we've had the, the blessing of fostering. And in particular with with black little girls, black little girls need a lot of hair care. Uh, they need moisturizer. They need conditioner like the maintenance of a black girl's hair. You know, uh, I would say more than not, especially if, if it's not relaxed. Um, it takes a lot of maintenance. And babe, I think about all the hours and all the time that you put into mm-hmm. taking care and managing of a little girl's hair. So for a little girl to have that uh, looked over in a way, you know, and again, our kids were very little. But in playing that out, think of, you know, a seven, eight, nine, ten year old little girl and the fact that she feels ugly because her hair isn't done. Yeah. And probably and getting made fun of at school. Absolutely. And the yeah. bare necessity Cause the, of. Because the siblings, because our, our younger kids had older siblings. Yes. Who had, yeah, you know, who had those situations. Exactly. In life, if you're an adult, there's no reason. And, and something I even want to teach our kids is like, you don't not do things in life because they're hard. Right. Like something being difficult, something being challenging in and of itself is not a reason to not do it. Mm. The fact that you could get um, emotionally hurt by doing something, you have the emotional resources to mend yourself back together. And that's just apart from God, let alone if you have God in your life, Mm. you, he will mend your broken heart. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that if you're looking to this child to fix something in your life, That's if good. you're looking to this child to yeah. like repair you, right. then no, you don't. can't be a foster Absolutely. parent. Then then just d- don't do this because that's not what they need. They don't need your stuff. They don't need your yeah. your issues. They're not here to be your therapist. Right. Right. You know, it's not it's not like play therapy. Like mm. no, like you need to be in a position where you're recognizing that your contribution to their life is of the utmost importance that you just making yourself available and your resources available for this child to access to better because the reality is everyone was a child once and every child that is in foster care will be an adult at some point and so you look around our world and you see a lot of damaged people a lot of people who just have a lot of issues and the way that i look at it is like part of being the change that i want to see is 
by helping children. Right. Because I know that five, six, seven, ten years, yeah. you'll be an adult right. and you're supposed to be this functioning member in society who can contribute yeah. and have something of value to offer. And so I want to make it my aim to like pour into you so that you have something that you can, you know, contribute to the lives of those around Absolutely. you in a healthful way instead of um, just falling into the ills of society and, you know, just um, so much. Perpetuating a culture of consumers as opposed to people who are able to give. Yeah. Well, and not even that, like the generational issues from their family, from yeah, their yeah. lineage, you know, yeah. like, like perpetuating that. Cause a lot of times with girls, you know, like their moms could be like teen moms and then they become teen moms themselves and no one's ever gotten a chance to just like be a child and like fully flesh out childhood and be done with childhood. So then you have these adults who I'm outside, you're looking at them, they're an adult, but they're a child in their mind and in their emotions. And so it's like, that's what, you know, we're trying to equip them with the tools necessary through our interaction with them, through the way that we speak, the model that we have of what a healthy marriage is, Mm -hmm. what they see and how we relate with our biological children of this is how um, you know parents should be. That gives them something that they may never get, you know. And if you're a Christian, especially, you are God. Like you are showing them who God is. You're showing them who you Jesus God. is. I was like, you ain't, you ain't God. You are God you to are. them until they understand who God is. Like you're, they look up to you, like, um, because they know that you're a Christian. They look at you like. You see what I'm trying to say? Are you saying that? Are you saying that their 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 earliest ideas of what God could be like are, is re- directly related yeah. to how you treat them? Right, like okay. all of us. I'm as just parents. trying to say that we ain't, we ain't on no right. you know black goddesses, black gods type, type no, of stuff. No, no, definitely that. not. Cut it but, out, people. <laughs> but all of us, you know, are like all of any anyone who's like a baby, you know, yeah. learning. Just the response of like, I cry, mommy meets my need. Right, absolutely. That whole chain yeah, of yeah. command, it's early formation of theology. Theology right. being God there thought, go. thinking of go. God, study of God. Good. And so that's what I mean by you are God to them. Right. You are pointing them to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so um, you're in a way the Bible that they read. You gotcha. know, before they're even gotcha. able to read, just by that whole, like, what we say, more is caught than taught. Right. You know, like, they're going to just pick up on your vibes, your mm-hmm. zhuzh, your aura. And if that is aura of mercy and love and grace and, you know, compassion and healthy discipline, they, they get that, that structure, that, you know, that order, that sense of order and not chaos. You know, those things are pointing them to God and, and painting a picture of them of who is God, mm-hmm. you know? Agreed. Indeed, indeed. Well said, baby girl. Well said. Yo, Thank you. we got a brand new segment, brand new segment to the show. And that segment is? That segment is called Blossom Steam because it's oh. a beautiful day to blossom steam. Stay tuned. We still got a few more points to hit, but stay tuned for this. This is going to be real fun. Are you ready to get rowdy? Yeah, you know what it is. It's what you all been waiting for, ain't it? It goes down right here. You heard me. It's a beautiful day to blow off some steam. It is indeed a beautiful day to blow off some steam. And today, baby girl, uh, I want to blow off some steam. And you're going to join in with me. Okay. I want to blow off some steam on, uh, we just left this, apparently Halloween is a national holiday. 
It is? G- girl, unbeknownst to me, it's a national holiday. Because, I mean, folks be around here acting like oh, they, should act be, like they should be out of work, out of school. <laughs> we should be shutting down things early so that, so that they can go out and trick or treat. And I want to blow some steam about it because, um, it, to me, it just seems to be a very... Um, it's it's just rooted in so much, man. Like if you think about the occult, if you think about the celebration of of evil, if you think about uh, capitalizing on fear, um, it just seems to be very, very, very just suspect to me. What are mm. your thoughts about Halloween? This like, year, like, like, like I did for, notice for example, something like, different. Yeah. I noticed something different this year that people got ready and decorated a lot earlier. Yeah. Like that's something I haven't really seen. I don't know if it's Like it's Christmas. Well, yeah, they definitely decorate like it's Christmas. Some right. people like they decorate like their whole, you know, yard, like their whole front yard is like a, a gravesite or yeah. like a cemetery, death. you know, that whole Celebrating death. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's in in some in some Hispanic cultures too. They have the Dia the, de los Muertos, the, the, the Day of the Dead, right? Yeah, right, right. and you know, there's some aspect to it that's in honor of family members who you know have passed. And you know, there's different different ideas, you know, of that. But that ain't what but I'm seeing. That's not what I'm seeing. Either. Okay, I cool. think we're so talking about something let's different. Talk about what we're seeing, and no disrespect they're not, to our, they don't, to our Latinas. Not, they don't no disrespect. Go ahead. They don't. Yeah, they're not. They're not Hispanic descent. The families that who decorated like that, <laughs> right? Okay, but what do you what are you what are you asking me, sir? I mean, I didn't grow up celebrating Halloween, our kids, and we don't. Well, I mean, we don't neither Halloween one of us grew up celebrating Halloween. But no, it's no, no, no. I think you grew up a little I bit. Think <laughs> it's because I think it's because uh, for one, um, I think having a child and people asking us, "Oh, are you are you gonna dress the baby up as?" Or like, "Are you gonna dress the baby up for Halloween?" It's kind of like, no, like mm-hmm. for what? Like what? Life. For what? I mean, mm-hmm. and granted, I know that. That there are less evil alternatives like maybe a Star Wars character or you, you dress your baby up like a lemonhead or a lollipop <laughs> or something like that. Like, I totally understand that there's alternatives, but that dude's that it's just head. like, yo, like, for real, like, are we really making this big of a deal about something that really, you know, for all intended purposes, in some ways has its roots in the celebration of evil? Yeah. I mean, they are. I mean, but there are, and there are a lot of people, you know, present day who um, do really look forward to, you know, that because that that whole like um, witchcraft and yeah. you know all those things is very, um, you know, it's it's there's certain sects that really go hard, you know, Absolutely. Halloween night, you know, and, and and conjuring up the spirits and all of right. this thing. Um, and then there's some people who think it's, you know, it's innocent. It's just about candy. It's just about trick or treats, mommy. Um, but you know, I and. It's just me and my household. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to say anything about no one else's household. But um, as for me and my household, I'm just not about that um, entertainment of the spirit of fear. Not at all. And, uh, yeah. Just know that at the end of the day, if you read your Bible, you know, uh, someone close to us, I pass life to say it'll talk to you. And if you read the Bible, it is clear about the principalities and the powers that are in the heavenly realms mm-hmm. and personally having personal experiences where, you know, you wake and not to be spooky, but you wake up in the middle of the night and um, or you're or you're you're in a deep sleep and you're having a really bad dream and you can't wake up out of the dream. You feel like something's holding you down and you're and you're just very aware of the wrestle uh, of the spirit. I think that to celebrate those things ghosts 
which is uh, the demonic man. It is really to me super. Um, it's just suspect, but we're not gonna be a dead horse. Uh, <laughs> get that dead horse <laughs> day to day. Okay, no. oh, uh, literally, yeah, my steam is blown off. Let's get back to the show. Third reason why I believe we believe that you can and should be a false appearance because our kids need connection and security. Yes. Boys need Amen. a model of men who give them a connection and who give them this real tangible presence of security. Yes. Young ladies are baby girls. They need to have the model of a mommy who is secure and the reality of a mommy who gives them connection from the feminine point of view they need to see male female together a mommy and a daddy they need a couple in front of them who gives them the possibility and the reality and the realness and the hope of having connection and security and so Absolutely. they many many times people miss out because they feel like they don't have you know, what Instagram may say they should have, or they don't have, you know what I'm saying? What TV paints as the model of a, of a family, whatever, but mm -hmm. like basically the, 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 the basic things of connection and security are really just given by, by presence and being present. So like your physical present, and then you being present with those children to really look at them in their eyes and to talk to them and to, and to be with them. And those Two things are so simple, but yet so deep. And many times, like you, like you highlighted in the last point, you know, the the adults that we see who have different issues, and we can even talk about different issues that we, we've had in our lives personally, are rooted in the absence of connection and security. Yeah. And so, to be able to give children that at a young age, in their in their formative years, in their teenage years, is huge security and connection. Yeah. And then number four, you'll learn a lot. You'll learn a lot. Baby, talk about that. Yeah, you'll learn a lot because um, being a foster parent, you intersect with so many different systems. You have the child welfare system, you have the judicial system, and then you also interact with the birth parents, the biological parents, and sometimes the family members. Sometimes there's uh, you know siblings of the birth parents, so that'd be aunts, uncles of these kids, our kids, aunts and uncles cousins. And so you start to see uh, different people from different walks of life, different races, religions, just a lot of diversity. And in any situation where you're exposed to people from other walks of life and talking to them, and you start to see that in general, we have more in common than we realize. Uh -huh. You start to see the breakdown and the disconnect in society. You start to see how when certain families are set up a certain way, certain cultures and certain homes, certain ways of thinking, yeah. patterns of certain belief systems, and how that all of your thoughts formulate into your behaviors, your actions, and how that creates a life. Your life and the way your life is, the way your life is set up, the way your day-to-day -day looks like, the the repercussions of your decisions and how it impacts children and really the next generation, you start to see how um, there's so much work to be done. And really what it does hopefully is motivate you um, to do more, to yeah. want to do more. Granted, everyone can't be a foster parent, um, but it might expose you to 
hey, maybe I could be a guardian ad litem. Maybe I could be a caseworker. Maybe I could be a volunteer in a children's home. Maybe I can help out with their Christmas program every year, or I can do fundraising. I mean, there's many ways to make a difference. And so just exposing yourself, you know, to that is, is just so important. You know, many volunteer opportunities, just many ways to be a blessing. And people, um, it doesn't have to be, just in the foster care, like traditional, like I am a licensed foster parent, Mm -hmm. but there's many ways to come alongside foster parents and Mm -hmm. adoptive parents Mm -hmm. to offer your support and to offer your um, commitment to our kids. I mean, these are all our kids. This is our community. Mm -hmm. This is people who, like I said earlier, will be adults one day. And um, I think when, for me, when I started to really make that connection between like, Um, You know, you just hear if, you know, turn on the news any given night, you'll hear about a rape, a murder, a burglary, you know, some heinous crime. And, you know, you have the I'm always like the way that I think about things in any aspect in my personal life, in my friends lives, whatever. How did we get here? Whenever whenever anytime a dilemma is presented to me, my first question, the go to in my mind is how did we arrive at this destination? How did we get here? And when you look at things from just a criminal point of view, like those things I mentioned you'll see on the news, when you trace back to that person's childhood, you see certain irrefutable, irrefutable, however you want to say that word, um, correlations. You cannot dismiss like the way that their bonding and attachment took place with their mother or their father or lack thereof, the way that they, um, you know, their health. Like if you're, if you're not getting proper rest, like if you just don't have a good place to lay your head down, um, a good food to eat breakfast before you go to school, like you can't think you can't learn. You're not healthy. You're out. You have more sick days from school. So you're not getting a good education. And then by the time you're in middle school, high school, you're getting made fun of, you can't, you're reading below grade level, this, that, and the next thing. I mean, there's so many things that correlate to someone becoming um, a non-contributing member of society Mm -hmm. or engage in criminal activity Mm -hmm. that can be just halted from intervention by a loving adult at the child level, you know? And the thing is, there's also... The fact that there's plenty of awful foster parents, like just because you're a foster parent, sometimes people hear foster parent and they just give you a pass that you must be an angel in society. Mm. No, there are plenty of abusive foster parents that are awful. I mean, granted, the system tries to weed them no, out no. as much as yeah. possible. And yeah, but you never know. I mean, people can smile at your face. They can, mm. You can visit them on a home because I used to be a caseworker. You could visit them in their home. Everything can look fine. But something I learned when I was trained um, as, to be a child welfare worker, they said that uh, my trainer har- harped it into our minds, beat it into our heads that our children are not safe. And don't assume, excuse me, don't assume that the child is safe just because they're in a foster home. You still have to do those routine checks. You still have to, you know, pop up unannounced. Like, don't ever assume because they're in foster care. Okay, they're safe. Yes, that ideally that would be great. So it's like if you know that you can provide that loving stability, these bare necessities, a hug, you know, just just these things that you you we take for granted mm-hmm. because it's so like everyday to us. Mm-hmm. To this kid it means the world. And I love this one quote where it's like um I always see it around adoption day. Um, it's like, to the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we've only taken care of seven 
uh, foster children in our time of being foster parents thus far. But those are, you know, lives that we've been able to, through the power of God, make a difference and be part of the change that we want to see. And by um, God's grace and strength and everything um, that he is so faithful to bestow unto us, we can continue to be a blessing. And I think that uh, to more kids that are to come in the future. And I think that that's part of the final point we wanted to make. Which is that God will bless you. There is irrefutable evidence that whenever you are about God's business, he'll be about your business. Yeah. There is a law that is universal. Call it cause and effect. Call it reaping and sowing. Fill in the blank. But biblically speaking, there's... Uh, a scripture in James, James chapter one, verse 27. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, but pretty much it says that the purest form of religion is taking care of looking after visiting the orphans and the widows that pretty much like whenever we do this, that that was showing the essence of what we believe that if you correlate it to how God relates with us. In the salvation story, Jesus literally made himself known to man. He came and he came to to abide with man. He came to show man the way he came to provide a way for men and women to, to be cleansed of their sin, but then to also functionally to realize who they were and to step into the way that God originally intended for them to be. So whenever you step into the life of an orphan, Whenever you look after a widow who literally, you know, uh, especially in biblical times, a widow literally was left to herself and she had she had no no means of surviving. Whenever you look over what you may see as as your needs, which are really your wants, and you step into the world of those who are lesser than who really they can't they can't offer you anything. They can't they really can't give you anything like an, an, an orphan has no resources an orphan has nothing that they can literally offer you a widow. Uh, if you look at it has nothing that they can give you. Like when you step into the world of those who can't repay you for what you've done to them, that is the essence of, of true religion. And so whenever we, whenever we do this, whenever we are really about God's business and we step into the world of sacrificial uh, giving of ourselves, like God is so attracted to that. And in many ways we end up to kind of go back to a point that we were talking about earlier. We really do, um, we show forth and shine forth the glory of God on the earth. And we really do become um, what God says when he says that we're made in his image. Like we, we really do mirror on earth what God is and who God is in heaven. So those are five reasons why you should and five reasons why you can't be a foster parent. And our hope and our prayer is that you through this episode have found some nugget of truth so that you feel empowered or maybe you just feel a little bit more enlightened as to how you could be an instrument and how you can be used whether you're single whether you're married uh, how you can be used of god to literally change the trajectory and to change the course of a life forever god bless you guys Thanks. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you. 
Have questions, concerns, or comments? Email us at hello at blackdaddypodcast.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at blackdaddynow. And as always, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast in the iTunes app. See you next week on the Black Daddy Podcast.